clarity, connection, authenticity. I'm Alexa Ray, former mental health clinician turned life coach. I quit my full-time career because I was sick of working in a healthcare system where people were not getting the help they needed to actually shift and there were so many gaps present. I am shaking up the mental health game to help women reconnect to their authentic selves and rewrite their story from who they think they should be to who they want to be. In Authentically You, we'll be talking about all things that limit us from connecting to our authentic self. Trauma, self-worth, self-esteem, relationships, communication, addiction, self-compassion, body image, disordered eating, anxiety, challenging beliefs, all of these things. Bottom line is, I want this to help you feel seen, to help you feel safe, heard, and validated. Hey everyone, Alexa Ray here. What is happening on your end of the world? Here, uh, it's coming into spring, and in Canada, that means that some days it's so hot, and some days it's freezing. <laughs> but I've been loving the extra sunshine and really getting outside, and and I'm really a summer preferred person. And so when warmer weather comes out, I just uh, it lights up my soul. Um, and that's a good segue into our topic today. So we're going to be talking about how to heal your nervous system. And this chat is going to be to all of my human doers versus human beings, the people who give, give, give in their lives, you know, people who have families and friends who they're always caretaking and taking care of, you know, people who feel like they had this dependency on chaos, you know, people who find, and this, this really resonates with me because I definitely used to be this kind of person, people who find that relaxation and, and being chill are actually unproductive traits to have. And they tend to overwork and take on more things that they can handle, you know, and, and essentially the message is that they feel unworthy of downtime and relaxation. And I say that this was me because it's true. I was extremely, you know, dependent and addicted to going and going and never stopping. And, uh, it definitely obviously burnt me out and, and my healing journey, that massive part of my healing journey was learning how to chill out. Now, why would people be like this, right? There are various reasons as to why someone could be dependent on chaos or not have the ability to calm down or be chill. And it could just simply be because we live in a chaotic world, you know, research shows that we live in a world where we are never shut off. We have phones where we are attached, we can do our banking on our toilets, we can answer, you know, emergencies just from the, the, the tip of a text, right? And so many things can happen. We're going, going, we have to make more money to live. There's so many aspects to how our world is so chaotic and what the expectations of living actually are like nowadays. And um, it could also be that we're just simply impacted by the pandemic, right? Maybe you are now at home with three children and you're taking care of kids on your own, or maybe you know, you're not able to get out and find your, your normal coping mechanisms that were once useful to you uh perhaps like me this is where mine comes from is you've lived through trauma and you know 70 percent of the world has experienced trauma so you could definitely mostly most likely resonate with me so if you if resonate with any of those things which is the whole world 
you're most likely ha you have a sympathetic dominant nervous system. So we're going to chat more about that. And what the heck does that mean? It means basically that your fight or flight stress response, which I'm sure we've all heard of this fight or flight. It's a very common thing that's been out in the world and in verbiage, but this stress response is constantly turned on and we don't have the off switch. We cannot find that off switch to help ourselves chill out and relax. And of course we all have a nervous system. They're extremely intelligent. I think our nervous system is quite cool. It's very complex. It helps us, you know, organize, make sense and sort of direct our actions in this world that we live in and the world that's surrounded by us. But sometimes we don't know how to access our parasympathetic nervous system, which is essentially the break to our sympathetic nervous system. And that's the nervous system, the part of our nervous system that allows us to gear down heal from chaos, heal from trauma. And, you know, that's, that's what the concern is here. So we're going to explore that more. And then we're going to chat about some ways that you can train your body to engage in your parasympathetic nervous system. So the whole nervous system is called our autonomic nervous system. And this consists of our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest part of our nervous system. Another word, there's another word or phrases that you could talk about in regards to hyperarousal versus hypoarousal. And so hyperarousal is when our sympathetic nervous system is pumped up, jacked up, going all the time. And then we have our hypoarousal, which means on the opposite side of the spectrum, our parasympathetic nervous system is hijacking everything else. And so we like to maybe dissociate. So hyperarousal looks like you're agitated, you're irritable, you're not able to calm down. And hypoarousal means you're dissociative, you're numb, you know, and so there's two, two spectrums of that, but we're going to be talking about hyperarousal or your sympathetic nervous system today. Now this could be working, texting, driving kids, fighting with your spouse, you know, all of these things shift us out of our rest and digest and into that fight or flight mode. Our body cannot function properly, let alone heal when it's in this fight and flight mode all of the time. And research actually shows that 85% of the people in this world are living this way. Shocking. What? Oh my goodness. Now moving into a state of rest is extremely pivotal in all healing protocols and healing from trauma, our immune systems, right? Anything. And it's a critical aspect of how we're able to choose to be authentic in our way of living, no matter what's going on in our life. And this is simply because trauma and stress live in our bodies. Our sympathetic nervous system, like I said, is our fight or flight response. And when this nervous system is activated, our body feels like it's actually in danger, like legit, a tiger is chasing you kind of danger. For many of us who live with stress, we have this chronic sympathetic nervous system activation that we're talking about today. And so I'm going to pause for a moment just to sort of explain the sympathetic nervous system. When there's danger or there's a stimuli, you know, our body senses the danger and then it moves us into this fight or flight mode. And with this, then our adrenal glands are activated, which stimulates this catabolic or breaking down a hormone uh, called cortisol. And then our breath shortens, what's so going to increase our oxygen. We tense up, our muscles start to tense up. There's lots of blood pumping to our muscles. Our pupils dilate, our heart rate increases, our epinephrine and norepinephrine, which are two like excitatory chemical messengers in our brain are, are secreted for, into our bodies. And these are all telltale signs and pretty cool things that our bodies do to help us fight or run away from a stimuli. 
the nerve, now the sympathetic nervous system activation leaves us extremely highly reactive. We're on edge. We're unable to take in new information or make rational higher level executive functioning decisions. And if you've ever seen your person, a person or yourself, you know, overreact, and I say overreact, I'm saying this in quotes right now, because overreacting is what people see. They'll say, oh, my kids have me a temper tantrum, or that per person overreacted to what I said or what happened. What you're actually witnessing in that situation is a nervous system state, okay? And this research shows that most of us are stuck there. You know, this is a common thing for most of us. And one of the most important parts of how trauma impacts our nervous system comes from what's called our vagus nerve. It's also known as our trauma nerve. Now the vagus nerve, I'm not gonna go all sciencey on you again here, but the vagus nerve is basically, it just begins at the brain and it connects to every single organ on our body, which is really, really cool. And there is this connection of like a communication highway, let's call it at every second of every day. And so the vagus nerve plays a major role in activating our parasympathetic nervous system. Now quickly about our parasympathetic nervous system. This is our, you know, rest and digest response, like I said, and when we're here, we, we, unless it's also, you know, overly activated, if it's not, it's useful for us. And we are, we feel relaxed. We feel socially connected to other people. We're at peace. We feel authentic. We feel creative. We can take in new information without feeling threatened. Okay. Now, of course, we need to be able to handle stress, right? And our human survival mechanism has been trained to, to take in and handle stress, but it was made to handle short spurts of stress. So let's think about this, a threat, like an example would be, you know, before we lived in this world where we were connected by tech, from technology to everything, a threat, let's say like an animal chases someone, we fight or we fly, we fly away, not legit fly, but we, we run away, um, you know, whatever we need that to survive in that situation. But then we have the ability afterwards to recharge, to relax, and that engages our parasympathetic nervous system. And so you can see here, that's how it used to be before we lived in this chaotic world. And um, that's where the concern comes into play. You know, if there's chronic stress, like 85% of the world have chronic stress and we're going, 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 we're living this busy life. We don't have the opportunity to actually engage our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's where that, that sympathetic dominant system comes into play. Now, I lived this way for decades before I started my healing journey and healing from my traumas. And I talk about this because I want people to know that no matter how much knowledge or cognitive awareness that you have, trauma lives in our body. And in order to heal from that, we have to practice stimulating our vagus nerve, which is going to put the brakes on our sympathetic nervous system. And we need to activate this opposing system, which is obviously our parasympathetic nervous system, if we're following between these two, to slow us down from that hyper aroused state of feeling agitated and on edge and anxious. And this is going to enable us to create the ability to appropriately activate our sympathetic nervous system to handle stress like it's supposed to, but then give it a break to allow our bodies to heal in various aspects of our world and our life. In order to stimulate our nervous system, no, sorry, not our nervous system, our vagus nerve, and then AKA access that parasympathetic nervous system and that state that we need to relax, we need to practice. And that's the thing, right? Like I say, like we have all the knowledge and the awareness, but if we don't actually implement practices to manually engage 
with our nervous, our vagus nerve, we're never going to be able to engage with our parasympathetic nervous system. We need to teach our bodies that this is safe, that, you know, we're, we, there's safety in regards to relaxing. And if you've experienced any trauma, that's probably your, your uh, addiction to, you know, going, going, going is that your body is trying to tell you, you can't, you can't relax or you'll be in danger. And so we have to retrain our bodies to understand that it's okay to slow down. So let's talk about some ways that we can practice. Now, the quickest way to activate your vagus nerve um, is to engage without activating your body is to engage in three deep, like deep, slow breaths with a slow, a very, very slow exhale. So I just mean, you know, taking a deep breath in and then making sure that your exhale is longer than your inhale was and do that for three deep breaths in and out. And then I want you to sit for a minute after that and recognize, feel the difference and see, because when I do this exercise, it's so powerful. It seems like so simple and sometimes to people ridiculous, what can three slow, very deep breaths do for me? But it honestly is life-changing. Now let's um, talk about some other ones. Now there's cold showers. This one's not my favorite because I, my biggest pet peeve is being cold, but it's extremely powerful. So we're talking about taking a cold shower for 15 to 30 seconds. And what that does is it stimulates our immune system and activates our vagus nerve, which then reduces our stress response, right? Cause it's putting the brakes on that sympathetic nervous system. And then what happens is the vagus nerve then re regulates our heart rate and brings us down, back down. Another one, like I said, if you wanna go deeper into breath work, instead of just taking the 30 seconds it takes to actually do three deep breaths, practice three to five minutes of intentional breathing and you, I'm not going to go, there's various styles of intentional breathing. I'm not going to go into all those styles today, but there are many options available on YouTube that you can check out just YouTube intentional breathing and, and, and try it for three to five minutes a day, right? You can also spend 20 minutes completely disconnecting from technology. And this is one of the challenging biggest ones for everyone, myself included, right? Because you, you have to fully disconnect and that in itself can create anxiety in front of, in some people, because they're like, what am I doing if I'm not on my phone or, or on my computer or whatever it is. And so really push into, and, and just lean into that anxiety and let go and fully disconnect just for 20 minutes in your whole day. It's not that long. And if you want to couple that and increase that even more and engage that vagus nerve, pop into some nature, you know, this, a big one for the vagus nerve is moving your body. I'm not talking about like a massive jog or anything. It's just like simply moving your body is good for your vagus nerve. Because like I said, you know, process our trauma lives in our bodies. So when we move our bodies, we're able to, to move things around and be present in our bodies. Um, and there is such thing called uh, forest bathing and the phenomenal benefits that you can have just from walking in nature and being around nature. So try those ones out. You can also try any other like, you know, mind body exercises like yoga, um, mindful meditation, things like that. There's a lot of research around gargling because if you gargle with just water, it doesn't have to be anything special. Gargling with water for about two minutes will actually, it will engage your vocal cords, which will then stimulate your vagus nerve. And so this is something you could do. Maybe you can gargle with your, your mouthwash, right? And, and gargle with it for two minutes. And there you got two things in one, boom. A big one and everyone I'm sure knows, I love a boundary. So setting boundaries and placing boundaries around what you consume in regards to, are you watching horrible news every day? 
Are you, you know, engaging in social media that makes you feel shameful about yourself? Anything like that? Are you watching trauma stories all the time, right? Place boundaries around what you're watching and consuming into your, into your brain. And also place some boundaries around who you're spending time with. Because if you're always spending time with people who are talking about trauma, who are all about negativity, you know, and engaging you in this stress response, where they're always extremely stressed out. If you're engaging with those people all the time, your stress response is going to mimic theirs and, and act, be activated, right? So take, I'm not saying spend zero time with people, but place some boundaries around people and the things that you consume in your brain. One of a, a big powerful one I do with my partner and also my really close friends I say friends, but it's actually one friend. I have an extremely lovely friend who lives near me and uh, we will do this exercise is sitting across from this person. It ha- basically, it's someone who you have immense trust in. So whoever that is in your life, sit across from them and place your hands on each other's hearts and take three deep, slow inhales, just like we talked about before from that lower belly, take that deep inhale and that longer exhale out and just do three deep breaths together. And how powerful that really engages our vagus nerve and makes us feel this like immense sense of safety. The last one I wanna talk about is sleep. And sleep is something that I talk about with my clients all the time, especially if they're processing trauma, because prioritizing sleep, you know, really helps us get a balanced um, circadian rhythm. And this is essential for healing. A lot of research shows that healing or processing trauma happens a lot in our, in our REM st- um, stage of sleep. And so if we're not getting that, then we are you know, impacting our healing process. We're impacting our immune system, our ability to emotionally regulate. There are so many things that sleep is good for. Now, I'm sure we've all heard that Majority of us need eight to nine hours. I'd say seven to nine hours probably, but most people are getting four to six hours a night. So, you know, this might mean that you have to engage in shutting off your technology before bed an hour, 30 minutes to an hour before. Maybe you got some lavender um, essential oils going, you know, and I do have other formal things that I talk about with my clients in regards to if you're really struggling with with sleep and, and some things that you can implement. So if you want more information on that, please just reach out to me. Um, yeah, and that's the, the biggest ones that I want to talk about. So when we're practicing things, this is the key thing, right? We have to practice these things continuously. And I'm going to say every day, because that's how you're going to get your nervous system to understand to, to, um, to take a chill pill, basically. So when you practice things regularly, we're manually activating our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's allowing us to become more resilient in our bodies and our life. So like I said, we're going to retrain our bodies to be unconditioned from our once- dependency on this hyper aroused state that we think is keeping us safe. And this is going to allow us to access this post-stress recovery process, which is where we can learn proper activation and deactivation of our nervous system, right? So we're able to use our sympathetic nervous system when we need to in actual legit threats, and then we're able to deactivate it and bring in our parasympathetic nervous system so we can relax and rejuvenate. And I genuinely would love to hear about any of the small practices we talked about today and how you're going to try them in the next week every day and see. And I also want to hear about how they've impacted your stress response. You know, let me know, are these working for you? What have they done for you? So if you'd love to reach out, I would love to hear from you and just hit reply on this email and let me know how it goes. And that is all I have to say today. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and much love to everyone and go out and enjoy some nature. Have a lovely day.